I've told this story quite a few times about how I ended up living in D.C. Transferred years ago through my job. I was a flight attendant, came to D.C. to visit a college friend of mine and loved it so much. I went back to Minneapolis, where I was stationed at the time, and put in a transfer. About two months later, I was living in D.C. I loved D.C. I continue to love D.C. I met so many wonderful people. One night I was at the club and I met this guy. Super nice dude. We are still very good friends and... In conversing with him, he mentioned that he lived in Baltimore and he asked if I ever got to Baltimore. And at that time, I had not. We exchanged numbers, chatted a little bit. And one weekend he came and scooped me from D.C. and took me back to Baltimore. And that was when I fell in love with Baltimore. He taught me everything I needed to know about Baltimore. He taught me Park Heights, Druid Hill Park, taught me about chicken boxes, just everything I needed to know. He showed me different neighborhoods and areas. And again, I developed this love for Baltimore that I continue to have. I mean, I'm living here now. One weekend, I was home bored and back in D.C. And my buddy asked if I wanted to come up and go to a club. Sure, I'm not doing anything. Come get me and let's go to this club. So he picks me up takes me to Baltimore, of course, and we go to the Paradox. Now, if you are not old enough or just have never been to the Paradox, I, I don't know what to tell you. The Paradox or the Docks was an experience all in itself. It, to date, is one of the hottest clubs I've ever been to. People would come from all over. I met so many people in the Paradox, from New York, from Philly, just all over. So we were at the docks and drinking and dancing. House music is playing. The docks also introduced me to Baltimore House, which again is... Whew, if you haven't experienced Baltimore house music, um, I don't know what to tell you, but dancing and drinking, we're standing in a section of the club and I'm making eye contact with this beautiful guy, just gorgeous. He's drinking. I'm standing there drinking. And you know how you do that shy thing where you look at each other and then look away. We did that for quite some time. And finally he came over to me. And as he was walking toward me, oh, he was this chocolate brother, tall, bald head, 
he had a nice smile because he started smiling as he approached me and he said to me light skin what's up with you and i was like light skin Shit, that's not my name he was like i don't know your name yet so we exchanged names and he asked if he could buy me a drink go up to the bar he bought me a drink we're talking kicking the shit he asked if my friend was my boyfriend and he wasn't and i'm like nah he's not my boyfriend and before the end of the night we exchanged numbers i'd go back to dc but i kept in touch with him we'll call him sean i kept in touch with sean sean just had a way with words i'd be on the phone like a bitch i'd be laying on my back with my feet kicked up on the wall <laughs> having having these conversations with sean sean would whisper some of the sweetest nothings in my motherfucking ear on that phone but sean and i developed our own friendship and i'd start eventually running back and forth to Baltimore to see Sean. Sean just did things to me mentally. Have you ever had someone hop in your mind? Guys can fuck. The physical can be there and they, they're as sexy as you need them to be and as fine as you want them to be. But it's something about being fucked mentally and sean had a way of fucking me mentally he learned me he knew what my next moves were going to be and he anticipated that and was prepared for it he knew what my facial expressions meant he knew what the different tones in my voice meant and that shit was hot to me one night i'm chilling up at Sean's apartment in Baltimore and Sean pops the question. He looks at me and says, do you want to move in with me? And I'm thinking nah. Mm -mm. But that's not what came out. <laughs> what came out was I'd like to try that. I think we should move in together. Like, shit, let's do it. And my silly ass goes back to DC and over a period of a couple of months, I cancel the lease on the apartment I had and I moved in with Sean in Baltimore. Now, the good thing about working for the airlines, and especially as a flight attendant, I had to be within a certain distance to the airport than I was working out of Reagan National. So living in Baltimore, I, I met the distance requirement. So because I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've met 
some dudes and have had some good dick, but a brother ain't giving up no job. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lose my job fooling around with you dudes. Although I've been tempted, but nah. So I move up to Baltimore and I move in with Sean. I lived off of North Avenue on Linden. I can still see the apartment. I can. Uh, yeah. mm. Now, Sean was tall, dark skinned, bald. When I say tall, he was about 6'2". He was pretty new to Baltimore. So he had learned the city shortly before I started coming up and hanging out with my other friend and then hanging out with with him. But John had a temper. Now, you know, you don't learn someone until you move in with them. And that goes for anyone. But especially when you move in with an intimate partner, that's when you really learn who he or she is. Because you're not only roommates, you're together, you're a couple. So it's not like you're sharing separate rooms in a home. You're sharing the same bed. And I learned pretty quickly that John had a temper. But Sean would fuck me silly. Everything goes back to dick, I know. But Sean would fuck me silly. And Sean introduced me to aggressive sex. He introduced me to being choked while I was being fucked. One night he had me missionary and he is fucking me so good and in my face. But he's choking me with both hands and I could barely breathe. But it was something about gasping <laughs> for air <laughs> and feeling that big long chocolate dick in my ass that drove me crazy i kept thinking am i passing out or is it just that the dick is just so good but sean had a way of fucking me aggressively and when you got up once sean finished fucking you you knew that you were his so he'd fuck me, but he'd always let me know, like, you my little bottom, my little bottom. And that's what I was. I was Sean's motherfucking bottom. I was his bottom bitch. When I wasn't flying and I was home, I made sure when Sean got home from work, the house was clean. I made sure food was ordered because uh, I, to this day, don't cook. But I made sure shit was together. Because he was fucking me so good. One night, I was in the tub. I was taking me a bath. Was, I just gotten fucked really good. Sean wore my ass out. And I get out the tub and look in the bottom of the sink because I was trying to find something to wash the tub out with. And my nosy ass saw this black bag. What do I do? I open the motherfucking black bag. In the bag 
was shit that you would use to clean your ass out if you getting fucked. It was like some enema stuff in there. Some other little shit in this bag that it, it, it was a bottoms bag, I call it. It's a motherfucking bottoms bag. It's that little bag you grab when you get ready to go over to some nigga house and you know he gonna fuck you. It was one of those bags. So I'm looking in this bag like, what the fuck? Somebody must have left this here. I put the bag back. I'm in bed and Sean and I are having a conversation and I ask him about the bag. I said, has someone lived here before? And he's like, nah, nobody's lived here before. Um, you're the first person I've lived with who I'm dating. And I was like, oh, I found this black bag in the bottom of the sink. And he's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I I'll check it out and we'll see what happens. So that bag stayed down there. I would look in the bag periodically. It stayed down there. Um, the contents remained in the bag. So I was like, cool with that. Now, in the process of moving to Baltimore, you know how it is when you relocate. You're going out. You're meeting new people, friends, because you can't be tied to this person who you're dating. You need your own friends. So I'd go out with my initial buddy I'd met and he'd introduce me to people. So I was out again with him and I met this guy named James and James and I hit it off instantly. We became cool. There was no sexual tension there. And I think that's what I liked about James. James knew I was living with Sean and James respected those boundaries. So... I mentioned James to Sean and I told you Sean had a nasty ass fucking temper and Sean went the fuck off. The small fucker just want to fuck you. You can't trust these motherfucking Baltimore dudes. And I'm like, but bae, I told him we live together. You and I are a couple. And he's like, fuck that. That shit don't mean shit. That motherfucker want to fuck you. I already know. And I ain't even met this nigga. So um, I backed off, stopped mentioning James to Sean, but I continued to hang out with James and my buddy because we were cool. So a few nights after some shit, I get out the bathtub because that turned into being my thing. I had just finished traveling and came home, took a bath. And I checked this small fucking bag again under the sink. But this time, some contents of the bag were missing. The enema was missing and a couple of other contraptions were missing. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm not naive. Somebody's using this shit out this bag and we the only two motherfuckers that live in this house, right? So, nah, some, some shit is... Some shit is off here. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard that saying that everybody's top is somebody's bottom. I've met so many motherfucking dudes over the years who have proven that theory right. And in this case, Sean proved that shit right. 
I found out that Sean, because he was fucking me and I was his bottom, Sean had this other dude who lived in the neighborhood who was fucking him. And I found that out because I'm a nosy motherfucker and I did some digging and all that kind of shit and went through Sean's phone and shit. And yeah, he was getting smashed by some other dude in the neighborhood. But after I found that out, I hung out, met my buddy James at the, at the bar in Mount Vernon, a neighborhood in, in Baltimore and walking back from the bar. I was on my way home and James was walking me halfway home and we are walking through this alley and I'm telling James this shit at the bar, like this nigga cheating on me and he's getting fucked and, and James is like, yo, I I get it. Like he's consoling me and making me feel like I was special. And listen, I'm not naive. I knew James liked me a little bit and I liked the attention, but I did not cross that line because I was in a relationship. So that was, I did not go there. But as we're walking through this alley, I got in my feelings a little bit and I had had some drinks and I stopped James and he asked, was I good? I grabbed him by his belt and we dipped off there were these row homes in the backyard. So it wasn't, it was off the alley and it was kind of like a a car pad, a a parking pad, so to speak. And there were these trash cans and it's probably three o'clock in the morning, um, middle of the night. So grab him by his belt. I throw him up against this fence I unbuckle James's pants and I pull his pants down and I start sucking his dick behind this row home. And I'm swallowing James' dick so good. And I knew, like I said, I knew he had a, a little crush on me because he did not stop me. And I remember as I'm swallowing his dick, He was moaning, but he's moaning shit. Like, touch me. Touch my body. Touch my body while you suck my dick. Touch my body while you suck my dick. Yeah, you touching my body. And I'm swallowing his dick. James was skinny. He was tall and thin, caramel complected with dreads. And he had a big, long dick. It wasn't fat. It was thin. But that motherfucker was long uh, shit. Easy to deep throat. And I'm deep throating this motherfucker. I think James lasted for all of five minutes, if even that. Because he's like, touch my body. Yeah, touch my body. Mm, touch my body. Suck my dick. And he busts a nut in my throat. And James bust so fucking deep down my throat. He tasted good. I do remember that. And I backed up off of him. I stood up, pulled his pants up, smiled. He kissed me and he walked me halfway home. Get to the house. My motherfucking boyfriend ain't there. Sean is out in the fuck about. 
And I, I knew he was out getting fucked because I went back to that motherfucking bag under the sink. And this time the motherfucking bag was gone. So I was like, all right, this motherfucker out fucking. Okay, cool. So I continued fucking James on and off over the next few weeks. Sean and I, our relationship kind of fizzled. It, this was probably three months living with Sean at this point. We got to a point where we didn't speak to each other um, or we spoke, but we half-ass spoke. I brought to his attention that I knew he was fucking and getting fucked. He never denied it. He just accused me of the same because we stopped fucking each other and I never denied it. And I was cool with that. So one morning, I'm home, wasn't flying. I'm laying in bed. It's probably nine o'clock in the morning, right? I hear this knock at the door, but it was more of a bang and like, bam, bam, bam. And I'm thinking, who the fuck is this? I'm not going to the door. I just never answered the door. Nobody knew I lived here. Um, so none of my friends knew exactly where I lived. So it's not for me. And I hear this bang, bang, bang again. I'm like, what the fuck? So I get up. There was no peephole. I go to the door and I try and listen to see if I hear anything outside. And I can hear some shit ruffling and people mumbling, but I couldn't hear anything <laughs> to be distinct. Um, I just couldn't make out anything. So finally, the person banged again. But this time it was as if they were knocking the fucking door down. So I say, the fuck? And ask, who is it? And I hear this motherfucking voice say, Sheriff, we're here to serve you with an eviction notice. Uh, say what? I opened the door and it was Sean's landlord standing next to a sheriff. And she looks at me and she asks who I am. I tell her, um, Sean's roommate. And she says, that's funny. Her name was Mrs. Thomas. I can never forget this woman. Short black lady, glasses, older, mean as fuck. She's like, that's funny because he never got permission to have a, a roommate. Well, it doesn't matter now. We're evicting him. I'm like, evicting? I said, but why? We've been paying the rent. Apparently, this motherfucker was like six months behind in the rent. And even though I was giving him money for the months I was there, he obviously was not paying the rent with it. So we were getting evicted this morning. He's at work. I asked her, I said, well, Ken, let me say this. This was my first time being introduced to the kind of eviction where they take your shit and sit it on the curb. I'd never seen that shit before. And that's what she had some movers with her and they were getting ready to just take all the shit out and sit it on the curb. So I, I asked her, I said, can I grab my shit? And I know you are probably thinking I'm a selfish ass motherfucker. I said, can I grab my shit? And 
sit it on the porch. I'm going to see if I can get someone to come and pick me up. Now, mind you, when I moved in with Sean, I had sold my furniture in D.C., so I came literally only with clothes. So I called my buddy who I had met initially, and I'm like, yo, we're being evicted. He was at work, and he said, well, you know, chill. I'll come and get you in a little bit. I took my shit, sat it on the porch, and watched these fucking movers move Sean's shit out and set it on the curb. And I called this motherfucker at work. I said, yo, you're being evicted. He's like, don't you let them sit my shit out. Bruh, there's a sheriff, your landlord, and like five movers. What the fuck am I going to do? They sat that motherfucker's shit out on the curb. My buddy came to pick me up. Sean had not made it home yet. Um, So I sat in the car, kind of looking over his shit. But that did not help shit. Like motherfuckers was pulling up in cars, grabbing shit. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? And that's when my buddy was saying, that's like a, a Baltimore eviction. They're going to go through his shit. Um, so I called Sean again. I said, are you near? He was like, I'm still at work. Nigga, I'm gone. This your shit. And I rolled out, pulled off. My buddy pulled off. Get back to my buddy's place. I crashed on his couch for about two weeks. Um, that's when I, I learned that my buddy had a big dick. Because to thank him, I gave up this ass. Damn, my buddy had like the fattest dick. And would fuck me down. He did. He was like, he started off with, yo, you don't gotta fuck to stay here. We're friends. And I was like, no, I want to fuck. And he said, no problem. So he was drilling my ass like crazy. And then two weeks later, I moved back to D.C. I never, ever, ever heard from Sean after that day. And that's the craziest shit. I've lived in Baltimore on and off for years I live here now, like I said, like you already know, this is my third time living here over a period of some years. I've never to this day seen Sean or heard from Sean since that call where he's like, I'm still at work. And I told my buddy pull off. That's some crazy shit. I'm still cool with my initial buddy who introduced me to Baltimore. We're still very good friends. We don't fuck. We've not fucked in years. But I'm also still cool with James. And James and I have fucked on and off since then. I suck his dick sometimes. It's been a couple of years, but he fucks me sometimes when he sees me. And that is that. Like, that's some wild shit. So the moral of the story is... Don't move in with these motherfuckers until you know they paying their rent. I don't care how good the dick is, how nice he is. Now, in all fairness, I was young as shit. This was, I, I was young. And I did not think to check this motherfucker's references. See if this motherfucker paying his rent. But we got fucking evicted, y'all. 
I got evicted. That is some shit. But a lesson learned and some shit that I will never let happen again. So, Sean, if you're out there, I I hope you're still bottoming and I hope you're paying your motherfucking rent. All right. That's important, especially if you're going to have a motherfucker move in with you.